Here it is, episode one of Kicking It With Kai. My guest today is my friend, Annie Liu, and he's been really diving into tea for about a year and not just getting boba. I'm really excited for Annie to share some of her knowledge with us and enjoy this tea she's about to prepare. Let's go. Yeah, so tell me about the setup that we've got here. Yeah, so what we have is a little tea tray. Um, and what I brought today is, I think, a 100 milliliter gaiwan. Okay. Which is literally translated as just a bowl with a lid. And this is like a very traditional way of brewing tea that... Um, yeah, I don't know how far back it goes, but it really like concentrates the flavor and you use a very high leaf to water ratio. Okay. And this is like specifically like Chinese oriented? That's right. Yeah. So um, I think like in Japan, like teapots like Kyusu are way more popular. I don't know about like, I know in like Taiwan and Hong Kong. They also use gaiwan, and there are Chinese teapots as well. But this is nice because gaiwan are usually made out of porcelain, and it's a very neutral, like a really neutral base, so you can really taste the tea. Mm. Whereas with teapots, they're made with clay, they're porous, they tend to absorb the flavor. So really serious tea heads will um, dedicate one pot to, to one kind of tea. Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> that was what I was thinking. Yeah, so your gaiwan is kind of the most standard um, that you'll use for everything. Okay. And it's good to like taste every tea with a gaiwan first so that you can know it's the qualities that you're tasting are from the tea rather than your tea wear. Mm. So, okay, crinkling. And what kind of tea is this? So this is, um, it's called Chunxue Milanxiang. So it's a kind of wulong tea. Okay. And the category is Dentong, which means single bush. It's grown on from like on Wudong Mountain in oh, I forget which province of China, but it's southern China. <laughs> okay, and, I didn't uh, know you were like this deep into. Yeah, like, it's very. <laughs> it gets so specific. They're yeah. like once you get into Puar, it's there are even like specific mountains, specific tea villages on those mountains that have mm. like a very distinctive terroir. And anyway, yeah. I'm not that deep, but <laughs> um, but this is from like a single family that farms. Um, Dantong Wulong tea mm. and Mi Lan Xiang is Mi is honey Lan is I think it's violet like a type of flower okay and Xiang is just like the, the smell or the yeah. flavor um, so this is kind of a Wulong tea I'm gonna pour some out here okay, that should do it um, usually when I'm at home if I really want to be like like get everything very specific, I will use a scale. But <laughs> okay. generally, you wanna just use about five to eight grams of tea to a 100 milliliter gaiwan. Um, okay, so I'm gonna start us off. First, what I'm just gonna do is rinse the tea with hot water. And this kind of like wakes the tea up as well as washes off any dust or particles that might be sort of sitting on there. Okay. And the really great thing about a gaiwan 
is that then you can smell the tea. Like the aroma builds up really nicely. Yeah. Yeah, it's got like a like a woody kind of smell. Smells kind of like a like a forest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe a tiny bit smoky also. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this first steep is called the rinse, and we can use it to kind of heat up the teaware. But already it's kind of like you can smell that like there's kind of a nice aroma. Yeah. Yeah. So Annie poured um, that first rinse into the two the teacups to warm them up, and then poured them into the tray, and it's got like slots so you can pour more into it. Right, it can hold like any spills or right. yeah, like any tea you want to kind of dump out. Yeah, and um, then he pours some more into what is this called? Gan? Gaiwan. Gaiwan. Yeah, so this oh, is our gai, first gai, like, gai like, like lid. Yeah. Gaiwan like bowl. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right, usually it'll come with a saucer as well, but I kind of prefer not to have it because it tends to just trap water. Yeah. Um, and the cool thing about, so you don't steep it very long. That first steep was yeah. maybe like five seconds. But the aroma actually changes over time. So what you're smelling now versus like steep five will yeah. be quite different. Yeah, that does smell different. It feels like that, that tea, it's more teaness is coming out. <laughs> <laughs> the the whizziness is, com- is uh, a little bit less. Right, it doesn't smell so much like a forest. Yeah. So this one I'm using is called a Gong Dao Bei, which um, is nice because if we didn't have this, basically like a little tiny glass pitcher, if you didn't have this, then you'd have to just pour the tea directly from the gaiwan into the cups and it ends up, the flavor ends up being uneven. Mm. So here's yours. And the cups are also porcelain, so everything's very flavor neutral. Yeah. Oh, it's a little light. Some people like slurp their tea and aerate it. (laughs) And I can't do that and just end up like choking on tea. Do they say like the aeration like changes the flavor? Is that part of it? It's kind of like with wine. I don't know if some people do that. Yeah, there are a lot of similarities for for like wines, not like the that wine world. One thing I will say that's better about tasting tea is that you don't ever have to spit it back out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's inter- interesting. So when I was in China in 2016, my dad and I were in southern China, and I was like, "Oh, let's buy some tea," and he was like, "Oh, like I don't know enough." to buy so many things mm. like like nicer green tea or some kinds of poor he was like you really should know what you're getting before you go out to look because people get scammed all the time yeah. or you get like bad quality tea that's like not processed well yeah this is like very different from the tea that i'm used to drinking <laughs> it's yeah. like much better well I feel like the flavor is like so much more complex to me. Yeah. Um, so this, the Milan Xiang, 
um, Dentong Wulong is also the first tea that Yusaku and I had last winter that really got us into this tea thing. And I remember being like, I don't know, kind of like blissed out or something. I was like, wow, like、yeah. I can't believe this is like, because it's not flavored, like it's just the tea leaf. Yeah, it's,、oh. um, it feels like, it feels like every tea I've had bef- prior to this has been like dirty tea. <laughs> <laughs> No. Um, what kind of tea do you usually drink? Or do you, do you usually drink any tea? I,、um, the reason I'm laughing is because I usually drink Lipton black tea.、Um, mm-hmm. Because like, that was what my parents drank、um, when I was growing up. They have, we weren't super wealthy, so that was like, what was really accessible at the time. Um, totally. They've gotten more, their tastes have gotten a little more complex <laughs> since, since,、uh, since those days. But I had like, left the house since then, so、um, I like, didn't have as much curiosity at that time.、Mm. Yeah, I put this here in case you want to, because there's also a particular smell that the Gondao Bay has、um, that's different from the tea leaves themselves. Yeah. It's like a lot more like resinous and kind of.、Um, yeah. Like sometimes it smells like burnt sugar or like caramel. It's. Yeah, I hear what you're saying about the caramel. Yeah, it is like <laughs> a lot more different than I expected. Yeah, I definitely didn't grow up drinking tea either.、Um, Or at least not like I mean, my mom would like to buy basically those like huge tins of jasmine green tea from yeah, like Asian stores. Too, yeah. And I mean, those were fine, I thought. I didn't, I guess I didn't realize、um, what specialty tea could actually taste like. Yeah, and so much of like, like for instance, Lipton.、Yeah. I didn't realize this, but the it, tea bag tea. Most of what's available is basically like the leaves are really broken down, and so it's super easy to oversteep and to make it really bitter. Whereas, like, you can tell, like, so the leaves here are like really rolled up, and eventually they'll open up, but they some of the、yeah. leaves are like huge, yeah. Even, even now, like, I can see that they're like compared to the tea bags, they're like enormous in size. <laughs> Yeah, and sometimes you have like a stem and like all these leaves attached and like the bud. Yeah. So, so this, is the, this is the second cup we're drinking right now.、Mm-hmm. Doesn't feel as strong as the first one.、Mm-hmm. How would you, you describe it? Yeah, maybe like a little more cottony almost. Yeah, l e t s sharp. Yeah. We maybe could heat up the water. Mm hmm. Do you want to? Should we pause or? Nah, let's just keep going. <laughs>、okay. um, that's the other thing. So, like with tea.、Um, Should I add more water? Yeah, maybe we can reheat and add a little.、Um, or maybe even reheating since there's a good amount left. Okay. But temperature makes a huge difference.、Um, Yeah, I know、um, 
Yeah, I know when. So my roommate Jacob, he um, is the other person in my life who enjoys tea a lot. He um, used to work at a tea shop, so he spent you know many days like tasting the teas and um, like describing them to to customers. They had when they were making it, they had exact like temperatures and mm. um, the tea they had was more. Let me start that sentence over. The tea mm. they had um, was like across many places so like there were Japanese teas Chinese teas Indian teas um yeah like a really wide like range of areas that they they pulled from mm. yeah do you have like a, an area that or a region that you're like or were you just kind of like diving in yeah so I actually first started getting really into tea last year because I had had some Earl Grey and I, I really like Earl Grey, and I and I was at this residency in Red Wing, and yeah. one of the other people there, she was she was always making Earl Grey, and so it became like this nice part of our life. And when I came back home, I started just googling like best Earl Grey, and it led me to, <laughs> <laughs> and it led me to this Indian company called Vadam, V A H T A M. Okay. Apparently, Oprah was like, "This is my favorite tea company," and. I think they're like... Over-endorsement is like worth millions. It's huge, yeah. <laughs> I think they're making a ton of money and have really good business. Um, so I tried their Earl Grey, and they have a ton of other Indian black teas as well, and they have all these like grades, and there was like first flush, second flush, all these things I didn't understand, yeah. basically. Yeah. And so I looked it up, and we ordered some, and I think maybe I would started gravitating more towards Chinese teas... First, because like that is my own cultural heritage, yeah. but also because Chinese teas just have this like huge variety. Like I found that with Indian teas, it's like really focused on black tea primarily and many different kinds. Yeah. And in Japan, there's many different kinds of green tea primarily. Um, but in China and um, yeah, in China, there's just like there's so many kinds. There are, I think, six main kinds: white, yellow, green black raw puar and mm. like hei cha which could include shu puar which is like fermented tea okay so there's just like this pretty vast oh and wulong tea so maybe there's seven so there's like this like vast yeah. like many different kinds and so i and this is why also like when you came into my apartment you're like wow is this all tea and it's just like <laughs> these piles of like these mylar bags like full of tea yeah it, it, it wasn't and, just like quant like the number of of things it was also like <laughs> like the size of the bags too <laughs> they were like mini pillow size <laughs> Yeah, those are like probably like gallon sized like Ziploc bags at least. <laughs> why why money. did you have to buy like so much the, tea? Yeah, at like <laughs> <laughs> And I'm ashamed to admit, so there was a cooler by that shelf of tea that was also full of tea. That's the, <laughs> my cooler that's only for shoe puar. Um, I mean, I guess the, the maybe the answer to that the one is because of like how many there were. And yeah. I was wanting to, I like just got so geeky about this. I was like, I want to try, like, I want to try every main type and yeah. I want to try like subtypes in there to yeah. figure out like what's really special and what, yeah. what I really like. But also because a lot of these companies where you can buy Chinese tea, um, they ship directly from China. 
And so there's this like incentive to oh, buy like so a there, bigger amount. There's no, there's no middleman. Well, or is it like so the like the company that I recommended to you, Yunnan Sourcing? Yeah, they source from farmers and from big tea companies in China. Okay, so they they are the middleman and they have a U.S. based like warehouse that yeah. they can also ship from. Right. But the best deal getting tea from them is to buy from their Chinese warehouse, and it takes like a month. Right, because it's know. coming from China and with yeah pandemic shipping times. Right, so we just bought like pretty big quantities. Okay. To, yeah, to like offset having to wait and having to pay like <laughs> thirty bucks for shipping and just like like feeling the pain of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and. And I think also, so with one of the the other tea that I brought is a tea cake, and with puar tea, that's like the most common form that you'll find it in. Um, wow, it's very hot water. Yeah, do you need to put a little bit? <laughs> no, that's perfect. Okay. I can just do ultra short steeps. Yeah, so party comes in like these cakes that are traditionally either like 100, 200, or 357 grams. Okay. And so if you buy like one cake, that's already a big thing of tea. Yeah. And then if you're like me and you want to like try eight different <laughs> ones, then you get like pretty vast amounts of tea pretty quickly. Yeah. And poor, is, I know, is from Jacob, is uh, who's my roommate, was... Uh, it's a fermented tea, so it has right. like a really like distinct smell that other teas don't have. Puar too, like, is so incredible to me because there's such a variety within puar. Um, like the age of the tea, like I said, the mountain where it comes from, the region, um, how it's been stored. So there are some Hong Kong tea houses that are really famous for their tea because they do what's called traditional storage, where they'll like stick it in this like very dank and hot <laughs> cellar basically <laughs> until your tea smells like dirt or like leather like until it gets like super earthy yeah um but it's like once you get a taste for it you just gotta, it's kind of addictive oh yeah jacob was so into it <laughs> all right here we go steep number three yeah, because the water is a lot hotter this time. It smells a lot stronger. Mm -hmm. hmm. Okay, I'm going to start steeping number four and let it sit a little bit longer to kind of see what happens if we make a much stronger brew. Yeah. What I like about nice tea, I didn't know this, I didn't even know to like taste for this before is to have this like long kind of sweet aftertaste in the back of your mouth. Yeah. Um, there's a term in Chinese called hui gan, which means like returning sweetness. Uh, that's like a characteristic that a lot of people want from their tea. It was also incredible to like really dive into tea last winter because it was December when we got really into it. <laughs> Things were very bleak. Everyone was like completely in lockdown. Yeah, and that was a rough winter. <laughs> yeah, and we didn't know like what the spring held. Like we had no idea that, um, you know, vaccines were going to be rolling out. Yeah. 
And so... Yeah, and being in Minnesota, just like... Yeah. Straight... <laughs> yeah. Straight bleakness, sub-zero temperatures. Months on end. It started like in October. It was already... There was already a blizzard in October. So we were definitely just looking for anything that could kind of give us a sense of well-being. And tea, like not only the act of preparing tea in this way, I feel like is relatively meditative. Like it's... Yeah pretty slow you can only basically do this while you're doing it yeah but also there's all these compounds that are in tea naturally um so there is caffeine which does give you energy but there's also l-theanine and gaba and other things that actually make you calmer and feel less anxious yeah i feel like we're definitely speaking a little slower now (laughs) (laughs) the hecticness of the the first few minutes is chilled out nice yeah yeah i think tea definitely helped me to be more present and to also enjoy the morning because it was so like you know waking up in a minnesota winter it's pretty dark and so cold (laughs) but then like isaku and i got into tea and then every morning he'd be like okay what are we having today and it became like this thing to really look forward to. Yeah how how long would your, your like tea routine be in a, like? Yeah, we were so intense in the beginning. We like wanted to do all the tea and try it all. So we'd have like three different teas in the morning. So we'd how have, long, like, would, it, <laughs> would, that, would that take like forty five minutes? <laughs> yeah, probably at least. Because I'm thinking maybe like, longer. Fifteen minutes for each one. Maybe if you include like cleaning time, about fifteen minutes. Yep. Maybe a little bit more. Maybe even more because you can... This is the incredible thing about making tea this way. You can steep the leaves anywhere between like 6 to 12, to like however many times you want. Um, so we kind of had tea like throughout the day. It would be like we would have one in the morning, we would do some work, we would have more tea, have lunch, do more work. You know, kind of like coming yeah. back to it throughout the day. Mm. And then it did like we it was like we were too caffeinated. <laughs> we're like we need to stop. We can't we can't do this forever. <laughs> <laughs> did your like caffeination um caffeine tolerance improve after a while? Noticeably? I wonder because we both had we were switched we were both switching over from coffee because we had noticed mm. that coffee was making us anxious and it was upsetting his stomach. Yeah. Um so I think we had I would have thought we had pretty high tolerances, but I think the way tea caffeine affects you differently, maybe is like more subtle and long lasting. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know about you, Annie, but I am like very sensitive to like drugs in general, Mm. (laughs) um, including caffeine and alcohol. Um, and so for me, when like coffee is like very intense for me, like I can get Mm. kind of like sort of like high off of it if I'm like a little dehydrated if I'm Mm. like not uh, if I haven't eaten very much that day um sometimes I'll like intentionally do that to myself that's my like (laughs) (laughs) that's like my recreational drug (laughs) just like drinking a a straight cup of of, like black coffee (laughs) you're like all right get ready yeah let's go (laughs) I'm gonna clean the whole apartment today (laughs) 
It's so true. For me, it's kind of like that too. Like, co- coffee actually helps me write. I realized that my, like, poetry mean- output decreased after I stopped drinking coffee. Mm. You, you become, like, more, in, like, like, impulsive or, like... With coffee? Yeah, or, like, like the internal critic kind of... No, I mean, or maybe, I think it's more just like you get in the zone of just like, ah, oh, and you're just like, <laughs> I'm gonna like, just bang it out. And like, I don't know. I think maybe, like, I actually watched this video recently about like tracking the rise of coffee and linking that to the rise of industrial capitalism. And it's, it's so true. I mean, even now, like, ca- caffeine is the drug that enables people to be productive. Yeah. Um, in the ways that, the legal one right (laughs) (laughs) there's a whole underground market for uh right for other things yeah (laughs) for people who aren't as sensitive yeah (laughs) maybe you're an eye banker somewhere (laughs) um yeah this tea actually i'm surprised i was expecting it to get a little bitter with that longer steep yeah i did like notice it a little bit more but not the times when i've like Compared to the other times I, like, <laughs> steeped the hell out of it. <laughs> it's not nearly as, as noticeable. Oh, this smells different than hmm. first time. Oh, this one's actually quite nice. Yeah. What is this, the fourth? Fifth? I think the fifth. Fifth. Hmm. Let's see. So... Sometimes Milansyang has this smell. You know the the smell of like the floaties in the pool. The floaties, like the inner tubes. Oh. There's slightly a smell of that, like this kind of like synthetic rubber almost. Oh, I do smell that. <laughs> I kind of like it. It's a little weird. <laughs> if those tubes are like organic, maybe. Right. <laughs> and like overlaid with some like floral bitter woodsy notes yeah that's kind of the essence of i actually think milan song would be a great perfume mm. um there's a lot of green tea notes in perfume but i'm like you gotta yeah. people should turn to wulong for, for perfuming yeah it feels kind of like like a more masculine smell yeah yeah kind of like green and brown yeah in terms of color yeah i like it um, okay, maybe we'll do one last one of this, and we can switch over to the very dank... <laughs> the boar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, my roommate, Jacob, he loved the dankness of it. Like, he'd like, stick his nose right into it, and, and like... <sighs> and then my other roommate at the time, Lucy, and myself, we like, did not understand it. Mm. Yeah, did you... So did you drink boar with him? What did you think of it? I uh, I took a, like, a good whiff of it, and I was like, mm, not for me right now. <laughs> Very fair. Yeah. Yeah, like, Jacob and I, we, we never quite did this, um, like, this, this tea, like, ritual thing. Mm. Um, he, uh, he would buy, like, smaller quantities. Where did he get his tea from? From the tea shop he used to work at. Oh, nice. <laughs> it was called, like, Northern... Lights Tea Company or something like that. Oh, yeah, I know them. Because yeah, they it, also make, like, herbal blends. Yeah, yeah. I think. Um, yeah, they have a location in the Skyway. So in my, like, writerly mind, I had this, like, it was this, like, this, like, mystical image of it. It's, like, this 
in this place of, of like intense capitalism <laughs> and <laughs> deadlines. <laughs> oh, um, the skyway. Yeah. And then there's in, like in the skyway, which is like, um, for those who are not in Minnesota, it's like making an inhospitable place a little more hospitable. <laughs> and, it, and by that, I mean, basically it's like walkways connecting buildings and, and like parking lots. In downtown. It, yeah. And like yeah. the second or third floor in downtown Minneapolis. Um, and basically, unless you work there, you have no reason to to ever go into the Skyway. <laughs> yes. But um, it has everything. There's, like, haircutting places. It's everything for, a, like, a, a professional... Uh, I'm pretty sure there are, like, lots of dry cleaning places there. Yep. Um, there are, like, flower places. Flower places. Um, it connects to, like, um, like the, the big Target downtown. Mm-hmm. It connects to... Yeah. The Twins Stadium. Yeah, it's like this weird, like, maze-like place. It's like hamster tubes, almost. Yeah, human hamster tubes. <laughs> it's like, it's, it sounds kind of cool, also dystopian, and I love the idea in this, this maze of, of hyper-capitalism and, and, like, making an inhospitable place livable. <laughs> There's this, like, tea shop yes. that's, like, for, like, intensely nerdy like they like exactly what you were talking about like the they have like where the tea was from like what it like if it's like leaves or, or stems or leaves and stems and how it's like ground and they're like yeah. brewing it at the right temperature so i love this idea of this like then like this tea process feels like intensely anti-capitalism to me oh totally <laughs> i was just thinking about that i was like what we're doing right now is the perfect like incarnation of what you do with this tea like you sit around mm-hmm. you talk with your friends and you drink tea um you have snacks too actually it, what you had said about eating on an empty or drinking coffee on an empty <laughs> stomach reminded me i was like tea also shouldn't be had on an empty stomach because it will go to your head <laughs> can make you feel like tea drunk yeah um this have you had this before i uh... This looks familiar, but I don't, I don't, I don't know if I've had it in this shape before. <laughs> yeah, I, you talk introduced me. It's called Age Ichiban. Um, it's like a, it's a fried rice cracker with like soy sauce, um, and mirin and sugar. Mm. But I love it. It's very yeah, country. like I've had rice crackers before, so that's what I was thinking this was. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Yeah, it's basically a giant rice cracker. It's a very crunchy. Mm-hmm. But it's a good tea snack. This is the thing. So I've only ever had this kind of tea in the States. And I feel like in China, they're like, and Japan, they're like traditional tea snacks that go with tea. So that'll be uh, another nerdy level of tea (laughs) to which I will rise once I go back to Asia. (laughs) Okay, last steep of this. Yeah, Asian snacks are like, so different from Western snacks. Mm-hmm. They're usually much more like blending salty and sweet rather than one or the other. Yeah. Kind. I don't know how to describe it, but there's like an intense like Chinese-ness to, to Chinese snacks mm-hmm. that like, I don't know. I just like, I haven't quite put my finger on it. What's the one I'm thinking of? Like the tiny walnuts? Oh, I love those. They're so good. What are they called? I don't know. Uh, I forget. But they're, yeah, like just 
like walnuts, but like a fifth like, of the size. Yeah, they're like tiny so little small. midi walnuts. Um, and they taste maybe even more like pecans. Yeah, there's like a sweetness to them. The walnut flavor that you normally associate is like not nearly as strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're like very soft, very like they have provide a very like satisfying like texture. Mm-hmm. Almost like pine nuts, like in how soft they are. Yeah. Yeah. Did you can you get those here in Minneapolis? No, my parents have some hookups that occasionally give them oh. some. <laughs> um, the tiny walnut hookup. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they they'll like sometimes give some to me, but it's it's like hard to come by. Also, like the freshness of it is like you wanna. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They go bad pretty fast. Yeah, a lot of Chinese snacks, like getting them fresh, makes a big difference in how how totally. good they taste. Yeah. Yeah, actually, the other snack I was going to bring is sachima, which it's like the little like egg fried egg cakes that are like kind of soft. It's almost like a rice crispy, but it's oh yeah yeah yeah. Anyway, I love that, but the ones I got this package was like kind of stale, so they're kind yeah. of dry, and I was like, I'm not gonna force this on Kai, so I didn't, <laughs> didn't bring it. Yeah, so my my mom has like her Chinese pronunciation. She's like from China. But her pronunciation is like a little wonky sometimes, oh, so I feel like some she's of my southern, words. Right? Yeah. I think so. So some so it's of, different. So some of my pronunciation I feel like due to being raised by my mother is also is also a little wonky sometimes. <laughs> Blame it on mom. Wait, how do you, what do you call it? Sajimu. But that's that's like she's that's like the Hong Kong like accent coming out intensely. Yeah. That's kind of that's awesome. I was watching this video yesterday. It's like Cantonese, like grandpa, I guess, like showing us his secret um, chicken porridge recipe, his Joe mm. recipe, and I realized it's like I so rarely hear Cantonese. It's like I can really only pick up like I don't know, like one in every like twenty words or something. Cantonese is so hard. It's impossible. It's like a totally different language. Yeah, completely <laughs> different. <laughs> Wait, what, what dialects can you speak? Just Mandarin. Just Mandarin, okay. And, yeah, like, I mean, in, so I'm from Xi'an, which is Shanxi province, like, central northwest. Um, and there is, like, a Shanxi, a Shanxi dialect that is particular, but it's, like, you really won't hear it in, like, young people. Like, my grandparents mm-hmm. have some resi- residual yeah. bit of it, um... And I don't even think I could even, like, dredge up an example, but... <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, but it's, like, I don't know. It's actually so fascinating to me. I wonder, like, China, like the U.S., like, linguistic diversity is, like, getting flattened out because of, yeah. like, the standardized, like, language. Mandarin is being forced on to everyone, yeah. which, like, has some, like, definitely has some practicality and some, like absolutely economic benefits right. um but also like i don't know it was kind of beautiful um right to have that range yeah, yeah yeah and i wonder if like linguistically like if anybody's like trying to preserve these or like tracking these changes i hope so um i don't know like i like the in-between phrase phases also sound like really interesting <laughs> 
of like in between like the original regional dialect and like Mandarin like mm. I don't know part of me is like how much could we hear how much could we understand yeah. um, but you grew up around like your parents used Mandarin with you yeah but you grew up around them also speaking Shanghainese and kind of so the my parents can speak a couple of dialects um, so they can speak Mandarin uh, Shanghainese and Cantonese and maybe like one or two like less common regional dialects um, and when they were raising me they had decided to, to like focus on Mandarin because that was even at, even like you know 30 years ago it was clearly that was the one that was the most like useful that was the one that was they were going to like the future was going towards mm. um so they tried to, to like, use Mandarin. Uh, but, like, occasionally, like, Shanghainese would slip in. Occasionally I'd hear my parents speak uh, in Cantonese to whoever. Mm. I could never understand Cantonese, but I could... Because my mom would, like, slip in to Shanghainese, especially when she was angry at me. Like, oh, that, that was yeah. the yelling dialect for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yes, very memorable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I experienced Shanghainese as being kind of an angry language. That's funny. <laughs> but also, like, a lot of Chinese people do like to argue <laughs> and, like, mm-hmm. yell at each other. Yeah. I don't know. It's a very, like, weird... It's a very Chinese thing. I don't know how else to explain it. Yeah, like, you, you think that, like, people are having this horrible fight. You're like, no, we're just talking. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so my dad tells a story of, like, my uncle and him walking... In the airport or something and my uncle is like, like on top of being Chinese is like a loud person in general like his voice just like is one of those voices that booms throughout the whole room oh. like he could be speaking and like one side of the room and like you would just hear him and like that's just how he talks <laughs> and so like my uncle like yelling and like you know an airport it's like busy so it sounds like you know he's gotta yell over that din too Okay. Um, and my dad's just like, oh my god, like, this looks so bad. <laughs> in the U.S.? No, this was in China, oh, but I think he'd been, my dad had been in the U.S. for so long that he was like, this is not okay. You're like flinching, like, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so we've, we've had our, our tea, uh, we finished the tea for, wait, what is this again? This the Dantong Wulong. Dantong Wulong tea. Yeah. yeah. And I was just, as um, Kai was talking, I was sort of trying to spread out some of the leaves so we could see them yeah but it's kind of hard to get them to open up because they're rolled pretty tightly yeah one that she on the rolls was like two inches almost in length mm-hmm. once i had a tea that was also a dansan wulong called da wuye like big dark leaf that was like as wide as my palm <laughs> massive leaf Hey, this is post-production Kai here. It was around here that I realized what I intended to be a 10-minute test turned into a 40-minute recording, and I stopped recording here uh, somewhat abruptly. So not to be dramatic, but this is the end of the first podcast. Thank you, Annie, for being my very first guest. Thank you, listener, for joining us. If you enjoyed Kicking It With Kai, follow on Instagram and TikTok at Kicking It With Kai Podcast. Kai spells K-A-I, and follow on your podcast app. Should I make a Facebook page, an email list? Let me know. 
Uh, thank you again for kicking it with me. Take care. Top three, Xuan Milan Xiang.